Welcome to the Confident Couples Podcast, episode 35. There are so many ways that technology can keep you connected as a couple. In this episode, we're sharing a few ideas for how we save time and energy by using different apps. Plus, we talk about how technology can help you connect more in person. Let's get to it. What is going on with my phone? Why am I getting blown up? Who's blowing me up? What's going on? Oh my God. So many things. Was that you blowing me up? Oh, you know it. Trying to figure out where I was, what I'm doing. What were you texting me about? Why don't you ever text me back? I need to hear from you. (laughs) Oh, technology. So technology, I remember talking about this with a professor in college And it was like, how do you, like, there's these magical devices, Blackberries. Blackberries from college, yes. Yes, you had a pink one, I had a black one, one of those dumb roly balls. What a bad idea that they thought that was going to keep working, (laughs) or that people would keep doing that. What could the device do for you, and how you could use it? So this week, we wanted to talk about how to use technology to stay connected and in sync with each other. So let's think about Blackberries. How would you use those to stay connected? Do we even text message on those? We didn't really text message because I'm ba- I've only embraced text messaging like not like that recent, a little more recent, but I'm not an early adopter on a lot of especially written word stuff. Well, I remember when I thought text messaging was such a fad and it was so annoying and I hoped that people would get over it. But I think it's probably here to stay. I was a fad on the net, Nextel. Oh, the direct connect. Oh my gosh, that was breaker, so breaker, annoying. One nine. Bloop, bloop. Breaker, breaker, one nine. Does What'd anyone else it? remember that like walkie-talkie <laughs> style where you would be in a restaurant and <laughs> someone would be having a loud conversation where you could hear both sides? Yes. Anyway. Yes. We're not talking about annoying technology like that. Today's episode is about using technology in a productive way in your relationship and some ways that we've found to do this. So we're going to go over a couple different ways or things that we use technology for. Simple, probably simple, a little more complex. So let's start with first texting texting. So I was thinking about this the other day, how much texting makes it easier for us to stay connected and give each other updates. Because I was reminiscing with my parents about how my dad, when he used to leave work, he worked downtown at an office and he would always call our house phone and just let us know that he was on his way home. Cause it wasn't at the same time every day if he had a late meeting or something. And my mom got home from work pretty consistently at the same time. So we were usually at home waiting for him to come home and have dinner. So he would call before he left. On but a landline. On his office landline to our landline An home phone. Landline. You couldn't even be on the internet. This was even before the internet. Oh my gosh. There's time before the internet. Yes. So he would call before he left his desk, but sometimes he wouldn't show up at home for another hour because someone caught him in the parking garage or he got in a conversation on the way out. And there was no way for him to connect with us and let us know, hey, it's going to be an extra 15 minutes. So we would sit around waiting for him for dinner and he couldn't let us know that he was delayed and we just had to wait. And in an age of text messaging, it's so much easier to shoot each other like a little status update 
and be able to stay a little bit more connected. There's even this thing on Apple that's called shortcuts now. Yeah. And you can set up a shortcut. It's like a simple text. It's like on my way home and it will send your partner that you're on your way home and here's your ETA. It can turn on the directions home. If you have no idea how to get from your work to home, uh, play a podcast and do all of this with just one simple, like on my way to um, one specific person. But we'll have to explain this concept via Instagram stories because it's a little hard to understand. It's but pretty it, easy. But it is pretty cool yes. that you can set up some sort of shortcut that automatically sends when you'll be home. So that's what's great about text messaging. It, text messages is not just for the eggplant emoji. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to say about text messaging, though, that I think in some relationships it keeps us too connected. And the Explain. expectation is now that you are always available to your partner and that they need to respond to you very, very quickly, almost immediately, or you're not paying attention to them or they don't care or you're not able to get the information you need. So that was one of the things that I was thinking about as I was thinking about my story of my dad coming home from work. We just had more patience because we knew that communication wasn't instant and wasn't always possible. And I think that a lot of that's been lost in the way that we communicate now, expecting immediate text messages back and forth. So here's what I think that I would put to that together with that concept is now call soon ish text when you have time email. Oh, so this is like There's a your, timeline for it. It's like an urgency. Exactly. If you need to know now, pick up the phone and call somebody. If you want to know soon-ish, next couple hours to 15 minutes, text. Uh, definitely with it, like leaving a text unanswered more than a day is, I think that's not real texting etiquette. At least that's not the way that I think it should be. Email when you have time. So depending on what I want from you, I will call now, eat text to update, notify you, and then wait for one back. And then email, it's like, we need to talk about this at some point tonight or tomorrow or this week or whatever. And that's when the email comes in. I think that's really smart. For me. Yeah, I like that. I usually, if you call, I try to answer if I can, because I know that you need something quicker. We also have the, is it three calls? Is our thing three calls we answer no matter what? It's oh. a third call, right? Well, maybe that's a maybe we unspoken. That. We probably should establish we that did if at that's one what point. your expectation is. We did, it was like the third call is like emergency. That makes sense. I mean, I would. Pick if you called phone. three times in a row, I yeah. would pick up the phone, even though I didn't know that was our rule. I think that's what we do. At least that's mine. Like two, one is butt dialed or purpose. Two is like, I'm going to try you one more time to see if you didn't have your phone with you. Or what I do for you is I'll call you. And then if you don't answer, I might FaceTime you because you don't have your phone with you. But my iPad might ring. Or your computer. So much technology. And then third is, you know, we need six ways to get a hold of each other. And then third is, ouch, ouch, my hair's on fire. I need you now. Right. That makes sense. Drop what you're doing. Yeah. So those are kind of our... Texting, texting rules of yes. staying connected. What else do we got? Next one is email. 
I think we just kind of laid that out as like we email, at least I email you when it's like, we need to talk about this, but at your own convenience, Mm -hmm. not necessarily like right now or even today. One of the things that we do with email and non-sponsored shameless plug is it uses a program called Boomerang. Sarah and I are both on Gmail. It's so good. And we use this program called Boomerang. And Boomerang does a plethora of things. Check it out. Boomerang for email. And just Google it. And one of the things that it does is it can send recurring emails. So it'll remind you to do something at some point in time in the future. So what we do is at like the maybe 20th of every month, we have a life planning dinner recurring email that gets sent to both of us. It's like, hey, it's time to plan life planning dinner. Here's what you guys need to talk about. And it just gives the agenda, which is the same every month, and get together and schedule it. And then we'll respond to each other and set a date and a time and a location. Yeah, one of us will reply and make a suggestion on when we might do it, and that starts the conversation. I truly think that this recurring email is the only reason that we have been consistently doing life dinner every single month for two or three years now. And I think it's because... Uh, We used to not do it as, like, we're doing really good about doing it in, like, the first week of every month now. Yes, we are not missing it. We used to be like, oh, shit, we need to do life planning dinner. And it's, like, the 15th day. Yeah. So this email has been a really great way for us to make sure that we are getting life planning dinner on the calendar since we don't do it the same day every month. It's usually, you know, like a weekend night for dinner or a Sunday for brunch or something. We can look forward in the calendar about a week and a half and put that on the calendar for us. So that's been working really well. Life hack in general. I've also found that boomerang on the recurring emails will help you build a habit or help me build a habit. It's like, I'm supposed to do something once a week or every couple of days, or in this case, once a month for life planning dinner, you set it up on a recurring email. It takes like 29 days or 29 times to build a habit and it can help you build a habit by just reminding you. Now I will say we run our life through our email inbox and we have a pretty set process for how we process emails in our work related email inboxes. Super shameless plug in my blog post I wrote about. Oh my these. gosh, we but done.com. We can reference those. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes. So that's the reason that email works for us because things aren't necessarily slipping through the cracks in our email inbox and we keep it in a prominent action folder until it gets handled. So that's part of the reason this works for us. We've got some other ideas coming up for reminding you of things if maybe email is not the right place. The other thing we do is we share each other's calendars. And I think this is good in principle. Like it's easy to say, I'm just going to share your calendar, but you also, that means you need to use it. Yes. Again, that this fits into our process because we put everything we do on our calendar. We use a Google calendar because each of our work uses Google Suite or G Suite for email. So we run our work calendar on Google Calendar. And then you're just able to share that and let someone else view it. So this is a really easy way for us to see at a glance what the other person is doing. And it helps us so much with scheduling. So we know when the other person's busy and if we're trying to put together dinner with friends or something with family, it's really easy for me to look at Bud's calendar and say, oh, well, he is at an all-day meeting on Thursday, so that probably won't work. But it looks like we're both free on Wednesday night. So let me ask him and see if that would work for him. 
And if I'm making that phone call, like that first, the other way I use it is if I'm making that phone call and it's like, dang, she didn't pick up. I wonder what she's doing. If I get on your calendar, I can see that, oh, you're on a conference call or you're in a meeting or you're doing who knows what. Then I know you're doing something. And then it's like, well, at the end of it, when the time block's over, then I'll give you a jingle again. Yeah very set time blocks for my work calendar. I think it's worth saying that we are very transparent about what we're doing and where we are with each other. And I know that some couples don't feel quite as comfortable being that transparent. There is an option in a Gmail calendar to just have a free or busy when you share it. So maybe someone couldn't see what you're actually doing, but they see that you're busy during that time block. Do I think you should hide what you're doing from your partner? Not really, but that's kind of a personal preference. I just continue to maintain if these people, if your partner sees you naked, what else do you have to hide? (laughs) (laughs) Just your trips to Culver's from the credit card bill. You can't even throw the Culver's away. What do you mean? It's usually you've got the paraphernalia. Hanging around the countertops here in the trash when I get home. Oh, no. I'm way better at it than that. (laughs) Please. (laughs) The paraphernalia, (laughs) the leftovers all over the place here. Oh, my gosh. So in the spirit of maybe what some might call extreme transparency, others might just be like normal, is that location tracking. Oh, boy. Hang on. Disclaimer, this is one of those things that I feel like is a weird thing that we do. That when we tell people we do this, it makes them really uncomfortable. Like immediately, like, ooh, um, really? But we've talked about a lot of weird, extra transparent, extra intentional things that we do on this podcast. So here's one I almost left off the show notes. So I will preface this with like, does it bring you joy or does it not? And for me, a recent example of how it brought me joy is that I was able to look at where Sarah was at a work conference on a Sunday afternoon and figure out that she was only six minutes away from the closest Shake Shack and that she could go there and it was not that far out of her. It was only probably like three minutes out of her way and out of a six-minute drive, and she could go there to get Shake Shack and bring it back home to me on her drive home. So to be clear... That was joyful. I don't think that we specified how this is done. So we share our location on our iPhones. So there's She's a just way in settings. It well it's in like text message, I think is yeah. where you set it up. Yep. You go into a text with the person you want to share your location with, you click the i icon, like the information icon, and then you can get an option that says share my location. You can share it for an hour until the end of the day or indefinitely. And we have chosen to share our location indefinitely. So I can go into this text message between us at any time and click the information icon and I can see on a map where you are. And it's crazy accurate, like down (laughs) to the building and the part of the building, not to be creepy, but I know where you are because you always have your phone on you and I know where your phone is. And that's just something that we've chosen to do because then I can go and pick up Shake Shack for you before I leave my conference and come home. It also eliminates a lot of what I think is somewhat needless communication in the current day and age. So I don't have to go, where are you? Have you left work yet? Have you finished with that meeting? Are you still 
golfinger are you at the clubhouse? That's probably what I use it for most often to see what hole you're on. <laughs> so I'm able to get the information that I need without bothering you, which is one of my favorite things to do because I don't want to be a nag and I don't want to constantly be like, how much longer? Where are you now? What's going on? Are you coming home? So I'm able to get the information and leave you alone. The other ways that have brought me joy is that if we're traveling and often on work for one of us and then the other party is coming to locate the other person when work meetings are done, I can come find you. I have gotten dropped off by an Uber, roughly know where you are, and have literally walked to your blue dot on the map. Yeah, that exactly happened when we were in Asheville yep. recently. I was out going to an event with a couple friends that were there, and you wanted to meet up when your meeting was over. And so it was really easy for you to just figure out find about you. where I was, and we could meet each other. So super helpful there. Something that was not so joyful recently about it that oh. we talked about on another podcast was that I wasn't paying attention to what time you would arrive back home from said work trip with shake, said Shake Shack and that I was called out for that and that I should have been paying it better attention so when you came home I could be joyful and gleeful and consume said Shake Shack with you. So at the end of it, like, I think it's worth the test or the chat around whether this fits and how this would solve, bring happiness to spark joy. Oh my gosh. Or just Marie solve. Condor or solve issues yeah. or solve challenges or if it would create challenges. I think you've got to have an honest assessment with your partner about what this does for you. If it's positive or negative, have the assessment and then decide for yourself. I really think Maybe location tracking is possibly a bigger topic, and I'd love to hear if anyone would like a deeper conversation about this, but I think this is one communication technique that you really have to be in agreement about, and it could be a tough conversation because the person bringing it up may put the other person on defense. Like, why do you want to know my location? Do you not trust me? It has to be really clear what your goals are in sharing locations back and forth. Maybe a terms of agreement on how you're going to use it. Ooh, what would be off limits? Yes. No, that's a question. Like, what would you think would be off limits? I don't have any, but if you have concerns, maybe there's like a rules of engagement on how your partnership chooses to use it. Yeah. Maybe no later questions like, hey, I saw you on so-and-so street. What were you doing there? That would be the unclear, like easy, neg like Hollywood negative for yeah. sure. So I, th I think you both have to be really open, but for me, I see Nowhere that I go that I don't want you to know about, except Culver's. This is easy. I mean, for me, it's just like, it's a layup. I share my location with people when we're on a trip together, and it's like, we're going to a pub crawl, and it's like, hey, we're going out, we're starting here, share my location, come find me if yeah. you want. There's no more like text messages or phone calls from friends or family like, hey, where are you at now? It's like, come to the blue dot, bro. <laughs> Find, find the blue, the blue dot. dot. I just don't, I don't have any kind of issue with this at all for you and I. Now, they only get, they only get it for an hour or for the end of the day. They right. don't get permanent access. No. So, 
I would love to hear what other people think, what the blind spots are, or where, or the positives that they experience, or the negatives that they've experienced. Me too. There are some applications out there too. One of them that is probably have most familiarity about was some friends who have used the new note feature in Apple devices, where you have a cloud sunk note, cloud sink, sunk, synced, synced note. <laughs> Fact check that. A, a note in the cloud. A, a cloud note. Doesn't get wet up there? Stop. Too much humidity in the cloud note? No? It's so note. they use this as you can make little check boxes and reminders and in cloud notes together. So you can do that as like to-do items or chores or we need to talk about or we need to plan and you do this in notes and in the reminder app too, because you can share a reminder list as well. Yes. These are things we haven't gotten into as much, but we know that shared notes and shared reminders have really helped other couples to communicate and use technology. And I think it's better than a paper list that you leave in the kitchen with some check boxes because it's always with you. And I think with notes, you actually get notified when the other person edits that note if you have that setting yes. set up. So you can actually know and check it out when that note gets updated. Sounds like a great way to manage and improve that honey-do list for the weekend. That's right. For sure. The ultimate honey-do list. <laughs> Just gets going. Cloud. It goes on and on. Yes. <laughs> Can update it at any time. So we've talked about a lot of different ways that technology can help you to stay in sync with your partner. But I think also it is worthwhile to say that the device and the apps and all these things we can use to collaborate is not a substitute for actual face-to-face -face communication. That's one of the reasons that we do our ritual every day, because we're sitting down together and giving each other time and space in person to have a great conversation and to find out what's going on with each other. So even though I can see Bud's calendar and exactly what he's doing every day, I still want to hear about it from him. I want to hear you tell me how you felt about the things that went on today and what things were important that you kind of pull out and remember and want to share with me. There's still so much value to doing that ritual for us, even though we have such transparency about what's going on throughout the day. And I just don't think that that should be lost through using apps and being more efficient. And these little supercomputers we have in our pockets, and almost everybody has now, are tools to bring you together and use strategically and tactically to unite each other or to distract and to pull each other apart and take stock in how you're using them. So we like to finish every episode with a Confident Couples Challenge. Yes, we do. I think a good challenge for this week is to set up uh, like rules or game plans around what a call is, what a text is, and what an email is. Ooh, if you're yeah. going to follow those procedures, like call is the expectation is that if you're available to answer, text is I'd like to nudge you and I'd like to know the answer back soon-ish and define what that time frame may be. And email is like the meeting prepping before the meeting. I'm going to notify you of this subject that we need to discuss and review it and prepare and that we'll be we'll set up time to discuss it at dinner or the ritual or at life plan dinner or next week or saturday because there's a couple hours or whatever but to have that that defined process so that nobody gets lost 
and you, and everybody has the same expectations. And so you can build communication around how have things been working with your communication method recently? You know, have you felt really trapped by text messages because you feel like the expectation is those need to be answered immediately and it actually causes you a lot of stress? That's something that's really important to talk through with your partner. If you think that there's a disconnect between your partner's expectations around communication and what you're comfortable doing in return. So make sure you're talking through, let's talk reasonable expectations about communication and see what works for you. The other thing I just want to say in response is that, you know, maybe email doesn't work for you or maybe something in this list isn't awesome. Maybe you try out something for one of those time lengths of returned communication. Maybe if you just need a response sometime, you send each other a Marco Polo. Marco Polo is this fun little app that's video messaging and it might be kind of fun for you guys to communicate by video. I don't know. I might have to try that out. I have not. I'm going to get onto this supercomputer device and download that application. Actually, I'm kind of scared of you doing that because I'm afraid you're going to send me a thousand video messages I have to watch. We'll have to see. Oh, no. All right. Well, there's so many options for technology to improve your communication and support the way that you and your partner talk to each other. I hope you use some of these methods and let us know what you guys are using to communicate by checking in with us at Bud and Sarah on Instagram. Marco. Polo? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, thanks for joining us for the Confident Couples Podcast. If you want to help create more confident couples, share this episode. Post a screenshot on your social media and tag us at Bud and Sarah on Instagram. For show notes for this episode and even more good stuff and advice, head to our website at budandsarah.com. We'll see you soon.